Life Her Podcast. This is Life Her Podcast, where women are feeling uplifted, inspired, and know that they aren't alone going through their trials and tribulations. Ladies, we got to start being there for each other. We got to start the healing process. You need to listen to all these women's stories and know that you may have been through some of the situations and you know that you can get through it whatever you put your mind to, ladies. I am Yvette Lloyd. I'm your host for Life Her Podcast. Every day we see women that look so normal to us and we don't think anything is wrong with them. Every day we see them get up and they look beautiful as ever. It's many times when we have to stop and ask people, are you okay? Or sometimes we want to hear someone ask us, are we okay? But at times we have to be a little more considerate both ways because we don't know until we ask and we'll get all of our answers and we will look at women differently in a respectful way and know that they aren't okay. Today, I have Tina Smith with me. Hi, Tina. Hi, Miss Yvette. How are you today? I'm fine. And how are you today? I'm good. Great, great. So, tell us a little something about yourself, what you have going on today. How's your day going? Today's been challenging. It's been a challenging day, starting with this morning because I had to get up and go to work, first off. <laughs> but the morning start off for me because I'm going to start backwards. I'm back. You know, right now I'm dealing with breast cancer. Oh, bless your heart. And my mornings get a little rough, you know, trying to get up, go to work, make it to work, and then stay at work all day. But in spite of it all, I'm still here and I'm blessed. Wow. How long have you been battling breast cancer? Since March 3rd of this year. Oh, wow. Bless your heart. Yeah. And I'm going through chemo. This is my second round of chemo right now. Um, I got three more treatments to go. And then after that, I still have surgery to look forward, you know, not look forward to, but that I have to go through, um, Hopefully by the end of December, I'll be done with this part of my journey and can look forward to bigger and better things. Right. What made you go to the hospital? What made you have that feeling like, I need to go get checked out? I was getting ready for, it was actually our church anniversary and I was getting dressed Mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, like looking. I'm like, that don't look right, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was on a Saturday. And I was like, mm, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor. And I had a doctor's appointment that Monday. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor that Monday, and I said, Doctor, this just don't look right. And he looked, he said, no, it don't look right. Wow. And um, the process started there with going to get a um, diagnostic mammogram and an ultrasound. So you got a diagnostic test and a mammogram? Yes, ma'am, I did. And then... It was like everything moved so quickly after that. It's like I did the mammogram and the ultrasound. I saw the surgeon the same day. Wow. And she says, and the crazy part is she came and she says, I'd hate to tell you that it's not cancer, but I've seen it so much that I know that it is. Wow. You know, and I'm like, wow. How did you feel when they, well, not really when they told you, but when it was confirmed through tests? Scared, um, concerned, mm-hmm. and like, okay, Lord, why me? But then after I kind of process, I said, okay, it's time to fight. I can't curl up and die, so it's time to fight. And the surgeon, 
I think what what eased my mind a little bit is she said, at stage two, it's curable. I can save your breast. I can, you know, we ain't got it, you know. So it was, everything was always encouraging. You know, mm-hmm. nothing was never like a life sentence where it was like, oh, you're going to leave here today or that kind of thing. So that kind of, you know, helped me walk through. I mean, I didn't really kind of like get really, really terrified about it, but I just kind of had to digest it and mm-hmm. then figure out that, okay, it's, I got to fight. You know, I got too much to live for. Right. You know. Um, I got great grandkids I want to see grow up. Right. You know, so yeah. So I just had to fight, get in fight mode and go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so. So you um go through chemo and everything right now? I'm taking chemo every Monday. Wow. I've been taking it for, I've been taking chemo. I started chemo in May. I did my first four, I did every three weeks. I stopped doing that. That was over. Then I started August and I went, I go every Monday. And um, it's hard because this chemo treatment has really put me on my back some days where I hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell people about the pain where if, you, if you've ever had the flu and the body ache, mm-hmm. multiply that pain times 10. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And still try to function. So before you even found out when you said it didn't look right, did you feel that you had symptoms beforehand? No. 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 Nope. Wow. Nothing that nothing seemed out the ordinary. It's like it popped up out of nowhere. Or maybe I just didn't pay attention. Right. You know what I'm saying? Until it got so obvious. You mm-hmm. know, but nothing never felt, you know, like, you know, oh my, you know. And the crazy part is I take my mammogram every year, but I didn't take it in October of twenty eighteen. Oh wow. And I think if I had a took it in twenty eighteen, I might have caught, caught it, it sooner. sooner. Yeah. Right. Wow. So how's your support system? My support system is off the chain. I mean, it's, I mean, it's off the chain. My church family, my, my family, family, my sisters, um, my family in Alabama, my father's side of the family, no George, I'm sorry. When they heard about it and my one cousin, she was so persistent. She was like, Tina, what do you need? I'm like, I don't need anything. Tina, what do you need? I don't need anything. Tina, I said, you know what? Finances is hard right now. I'm struggling. My family comes together and sends me $200 every month. Wow. You know, to help me get through those, because money is tight. Yeah. You know, with medical bills and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, And it's amazing. You know, my church family is amazing. I have people, this journey has taught me that the people that you think are going to be in your life, aren't mm-hmm. and the ones that you least suspect are it always like that are it you always know. seems like that i wish it wasn't like that but it always do and it lets you know like i it's like you'd rather be attracted to the people that don't go noticing your life right. all the time because they come through right on time right, right. i have one friend who i was sitting in church with her one sunday and she do you need anything? I'm like, no, I don't need anything. She says, Tina, do you need? I said, no, I don't need anything. So she sends me this note, write down what you need. So I write down this little list of little things from the store. She says, I know you need more than that. So she buys a few things I get from the store, and then she hands me $50. I say, go get whatever else you need, because I know you, you're prideful. You're not going to tell me everything you need. But every week, she calls me, what do you need from the store? 
Oh, that's a what lesson. What do you need from the store? And she'll go get it. You know, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, I couldn't have never made it. I'm not going to say I couldn't have never made it, but the support from the people have made it easier. Yeah. You know, because trusting in God and trusting him to put the people in your life that you need to to go through certain journeys of your life. He's, it's amazing, you mm-hmm. know, because people, we as women tend to think we're supposed to do everything on our own. Mm-hmm. And no, 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 no. That's no, me. no, no, <laughs> no. And this has really taught me that, that I can I don't have to walk this battle by myself. Yes. And you've been through many battles even before this. What is one of the struggles that you had in your past before you finding out that you had breast cancer? Well, I lost my mom in 2016. Wow. Sorry to hear that. Um, that was hard. That was hard. You know, we took care of my mom for almost a year um, bedridden because they gave my mother six six weeks to live in the hospital and my mother proved them a liar she lived nine months you know literally mm-hmm. you know she but she was a fighter mm-hmm. you know when we took her home they said she had about six weeks and my mom lived like let me see April April of 2015 they said it and my mom lived to January Mm-hmm. of 2016 wow yeah and then prior to that i lost my husband in 2013 wow my husband died of uh he had diabetes and my husband died of um congestive heart failure at least that's what they said he died at home really yeah wow so how have you been handling all of this even beforehand because i know it, it was hard for you it it was but you know you learn to you learn to really trust in God. Mm-hmm. You learn to lean on friends. Mm-hmm. You learn to take care of yourself. You really just... Every every day is a different battle. Every day is a different struggle. You know, you just can't give up. Right. You know, I remember praying when my husband was sick. And I realized that the Lord wasn't going to heal him on this side. And my prayer was, Lord, when you choose, if you choose not to heal my husband on this side, give me the strength not to curl up and die when you decide to take him home. And he is still answering that prayer today. Wow. Because every incident since then has been really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. I lost him and then I went from taking care of him into going in and taking care of my mother. And then taking care, I lost my home. I did, you know, all kind of, you know, my grandson, my oldest grandson went to jail, you know, um, spent a year and a half down in county, you know, so everything was, everything was just a cycle where you just kind of had to, you just had to fight. Mm-hmm. And I always think, well, God, you're still answering that prayer. You're not allowing me to curl up in the middle of my bed and just die, mm-hmm. you know, and you really cannot do anything without faith. You can't. No, you, you can't. can't. You can't. No and matter believe. how you you have to you have to because anybody who thinks that they can do anything in this world on their own they lying to themselves they really are and we have to get out of that that I can do this no you're not doing this by yourself even if it's somebody that you don't like that's telling you girl get on up and get on over there you know and, and go on and go to work you know 
they're pushing you to continue to move forward. You're not doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. God wakes you up every morning. You know, you get up, you go to work. Your boss signs your paycheck. You ain't signing your own paycheck. So it's like somebody's always helping you do something. Mm-hmm. And we as women have to get out of that thing of I'm, I don't need any help. I can do this all by myself. Because no, we can't. And sometimes I have this issue with when people do help me, they feel like I owe them. So I've been battling that to the point like, okay, I can just do it by myself and I won't have no one helping me do anything. So just us as women carrying so many things and just like, okay, you can do this, but I need some help, but I'm going to just go ahead and do it anyway by myself. So it's a lot. It's a lot that we have to do and we have to just take that guard down and just be responsible receiving of the help that people do ask us if we do need it it is hard to accept help for the very reason that you said because people think that because you they help you that you owe them something in return and i've and i've been cautious i've i've asked actually asked god to put the people in my life who are sincere Mm -hmm. and don't want anything in return um because It'll come full circle anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I do, like, me and you, we're, we're friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect you to do, but if you call me and say, Miss Tina, can you? I'm going to be there, you know. But I don't expect you to do something for me in return just because I helped you. That's just not, you know, that's just crazy the way we think that we're supposed to do that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, because if I do something for someone, I'm doing it out of my heart. If you right. do it from your heart, you don't expect anybody anything in return. Exactly. You know. And if you ask the Lord to give you the the discernment of people, you can tell when they, like, you know what, yeah, I know she wants something in return, but I need her help anyway. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going to have to do something. And then you already know that you're going to have to end up doing something. But most times, um, you can tell when people are really, really sincere and got your back and not going to ask for anything in return Mm -hmm. when you help them. Because, and that was one of my things. I don't, I never, because you've been hurt. And then when you yeah. get hurt, you'll be like, I'm not going to be bothered with that. I'm going to just do it all by myself. And that way, ain't nobody going to hurt me because I can't hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And if the hurt comes because I just didn't do it right. Right. You know, so it's, it's, but we have to get better than that. Because the only way we're going to help each other is we have to let those guards down. Yeah. We have to get past that hurt. And the only way we can get past that hurt is that we talk about it with each other. And be open and honest. And, and sometimes we got to get mad. Yeah. Sometimes we got to cry. Sometimes we got to get sad. Sometimes we even got to fight. I don't mean physical mm-hmm. fight, but you know, you got, to, you got to fight it out. And get to a place where you're like, okay, I'm good. Man. I, can, I can do this now. I like being around. After me dealing with so many women that's my age or a little bit younger, I'd rather be around older women. My elders. They actually being around because they don't get it yet. They don't get the fact of these are the things you're supposed to do for your friends or, you know, just helping, being giving, being caring. And so many people aren't used to receiving it to the point that they be hateful because people have been hateful to them. They've never been taught it, the process. And I've been taught that through my mother. So it's like I already know how to act, what to do, not to expect and everything. Just do it out the kindness of your heart. And that's how I was raised to be. 
So I then got to a point where I just rather be around older women because they already been through it. They know it. They tired. <laughs> I don't got time for this. We just go do this and just keep it moving. So I just rather be around a group of older women that could teach me wisdom, teach me knowledge, teach me the path and tell me what to do and what not to do. It's peaceful. And I cherish my peace. <laughs> it, I mean, it, and it is because, I mean, it took me, I'll be 62 next month. And I truly can relate to being to where you get to a point in your life where you're like, well, I don't have time mm-hmm. for all this foolishness. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like drama. I don't do drama. And I just tell you how I feel. Um, I love, but the crazy part is I love everybody. I try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I try. You know, some folks make it hard for you to love them, though. Yes. It, it do. You got to love them from afar, mm-hmm. you know, but you still love them. Right. And, um, but I just get tired of always having to try to explain why I'm acting this way or why I'm doing this way. But when you've been through what I've been through, losing a husband, losing a mother, and now going through battling cancer, fighting for my life. You ain't got time for no foolishness. You, 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 you've got to stand for what's right. Because tomorrow may be my last day. You know, nobody's giving me a death sentence, but tomorrow's not promised to nobody. Right. And I wrote something the other day where I said, tomorrow's not promised, and we need to let go of some of the stuff that we hold on to, that we should have let go of long, long, long time yes. ago. You know, hatred, self-pity, whatever it is we hold on to, grudges of other people so that we can live better, Mm -hmm. so that we can love better, Mm -hmm. so that we can be better. Yes. (laughs) And we can't do that if we hold on to all this old ugly stuff of you're mad at your girlfriend because she got a husband and you don't got one. You're mad at her because she got a new car and you ain't got one. You mad because she got a new... We need to stop that. Yeah. You know, stop that. As I as we call it, the crab mentality. Yes. I don't want you to get out the bucket because I can't get out the bucket. But if you let me get out the bucket, I may come and take you out the bucket with me. And I can encourage you to get out your bucket yep. if you're willing to. But it's like when you're trying to get a woman out of her bucket... She has to understand she has to work, too, mm-hmm. just like you work. Right. And some of them just want you to hold a hand. Right. And be like, here, come on. I'm going to just, what, no, this is your dream. This is your passion. This is what you want to do. But I'm going to give you the, you know, the resources right. that I use so you are able to do it right. the same way. Right. And it's, it's, it's just tiresome. And then when you see women in that way, like, if say, for instance, you're walking down the street and a woman just automatically judge you off top. But she don't know you're battling cancer right, right now. Right. Like, look, honey, sit down and talk to me. Ask right. ask me. Don't come automatically full force with me, with full of hatred when you don't even know my story. Right. I can help you. Right. Cuz it's like they don't they don't because my son-in-law told me that the other day cuz we were having a discussion about my daughter always telling me to sit down. And she said, "Ma," he says, because you don't look like you're going through cancer, people automatically assume that you're okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't sit down. I don't woe is me. 
I don't do any of that. You know, I just keep going. But when I go home, I crash. Mm-hmm. I cry at night because sometimes I hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. I cry at night because I'm tired. I, I I don't like being alone. I don't mean I like being by myself, but I miss my husband. Mm-hmm. I miss having a mate. If my husband was still alive, we'd have been together 22 years oh, this wow. year. Okay. But when you've been with somebody and then all of a sudden you're by yourself and then you're going through a crisis, you're like, man, you need to be here. You know, you mm-hmm. go through that. I need, I need you here with me. I don't, my husband's not here. My mom's not here. My father's even gone. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those, those people that you would lean on, yes. you know, to be here for you, to help you get through it. You know, every now and then you need somebody to say, baby, I got you. We're going to do this thing together. But I have to encourage myself. Right. You know, and encouraging myself is cool. Mm-hmm. It's great. But sometimes it's, you need, hard. it's hard. It's hard. You know, um, so it's it's just, you know, we as women just need to continue to break that, break that, what I want to say, take that wall down. Take those walls and those those barriers down so that we can help each other move forward because it's time to stop. Yes, it's, it's time out for all of this, this craziness that we go through, because these young women and I'm just being honest, I see these young women out here. If we don't help them, the future looks really, 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 really grim. It looks scary, man. And I'm a, I'm 36 and it, it scares me to the point I'm thinking, like, who's going to be my doctor? Who's going to be my lawyer? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be mm-hmm. my dentist? It makes you think, and then with me, I don't have kids yet. So when I have kids, oh, my God, what generation is going to be there mm-hmm. for my children, too? Right. So it's scary because it's like they're not being taught what they need to be taught. Right. So it, it's, it's scary. You know, you have to, and we, and we as the older women, and that's why I was saying, talking to you early before we came on, we as older women have to, and you included as an older woman, because you have those young ladies in Fadia, you mm-hmm. know, watching you. We have to be an example for them and show them that it's okay to be different. Yes. It's okay to go to school and get an education. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not have babies. I'm just being, you know, babies are a blessing, but it's okay not to have four or five babies before you're 21. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay mm-hmm. to be different. It's okay to want to have a career, have a nice house, have a nice car, have one boyfriend mm-hmm. and have a husband. You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And not let your girl you weak, you you weak, you no, I don't want to go out with you tonight. No, I don't want to smoke today. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And we have to let them know it's okay. Yes. You know, if we don't tell them it's okay, they won't know it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I was a saint when I was growing up because I smoked. I drank as well. But I stopped because I knew I wanted better. Right. You know, I had my daughter in high school. I knew that when I got out of high school, I wanted better for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I knew I couldn't do it partying in the streets. Right. Drinking and drugging, I couldn't do that for her. Mm-hmm. So I had to change my lifestyle to be better for my children. Right. So what led you to even be become a teen mom? What were you doing beforehand before you got into boys and everything? Man, I was in I was in the band. I was I was doing I mean I was doing kid stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still a little girl. 
Mm-hmm. And then got in high school, and, you know, I, I was in the band. I was in IOE. I was doing home ec. I was doing all those things that girls do. Mm-hmm. And then I let the little boy get in my ear, you uh-huh. know. And, you know, and I mean, just being real, you know, the hormones start raging, you know. just yes. and, and they, they get in. And to be honest, my mom did not teach me. Okay. okay. My mom was not one of those moms who sat down and had to talk. My mom had to talk after Okay. The fact. Okay. You know, um, my mom was raised old school. You know what I'm saying? So it was like you didn't talk about sex and stuff. You mm-hmm. know. So um, I believe if she had told me, I probably would have still had sex. I'm gonna be real, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have got pregnant because I'd have been on birth control or something of that nature. Right. But she didn't. So my mom taught me about sex after I was pregnant. Okay. It's too late now, mom. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know. Um, but I had my daughter when I was a senior in high school. I was 16 mm-hmm. when I got pregnant. I was 17 when she was born. Um, but I made it. You know, my mom did watch her while I, so I could finish my senior year in high school. Okay. Um, so I wasn't one of those dropouts that, oh, I had a baby. I can't finish school. So I did graduate high school. Um, I did go in and get a job. Um, with the city of Akron, I didn't, st- you know, I had several jobs, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout my life. Um, I had my son when I was 19. So I had my daughter at 17, I had my son at 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, okay, I'm done this time out. You know, I didn't, you know, and then my kids' fathers were, they weren't bad dads, but, you know, they weren't the greatest. Right. And, and I just had to realize that I had to just do what I had to do to raise my kids. So and was you basically you was a single mother? Single mother. I was a single parent until my children were almost, until my children were grown. Okay. I didn't get married until my daughter was, Shantae was 30. Oh, wow. When I, I shouldn't say that. I did, I was married before, but that marriage didn't last either. So let me back up. I was married before. I was married and... That marriage didn't last. My um, there was some abuse and you know physical abuse in the in in the relationship towards me, not towards my children, towards mm-hmm. me. Um, and I stayed in that marriage for a long time because I didn't think I was worthy mm-hmm. of anything better. You know. So what led what led him to the abuse? Because I'm I'm sure it didn't start in the beginning. It didn't. The sign, you know what the crazy thing is, the signs were there, but we ignore them. You know, it wasn't like the full blown abuse, but you know, the drinking and the, the, you know, like the verbal abuse. Right. Those kind of things. You'd be like, oh, it's going to be okay. You mm-hmm. know, oh, it's going to be okay. Oh, well, I'll marry him. He'll change. Right. You know, and or then when I, I could change or him. I can change him. Yes. And then when we got married, then the, 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 the real physical, you know, abuse came where it was like I got beat with belts. I got. Um, choked. I got, you know, I remember getting choked to where I could feel myself literally passing out. Wow. But I thought I was going to die that day. Wow. Um, I remember my daughter saying she was abused by um, one of my husband's sons. Um, and she happened to be removed from the home. Um, like, you know, my CSB. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, all of that, you know, I had to go through all of that. Um, and that's when I decided I needed to leave. I didn't leave right away, but mm-hmm. then I left because that really caused a rift between me and my daughter because she said, Ma, you should have left. Right. But I didn't. 
So she was um being raised in foster care. She was being raised by or, my mom. Oh, she's being mom. raised by your mom. By my mom. And while you were still with him. Mm-hmm. And she felt that I chose him over, over her. her. And in a sense, I did. But I, but I, that was prior to me realizing that I could do better. Yeah. You know how you're afraid to leave. Yeah, you're scared. Yeah. And so I was like, well, she's out of the home, so I'll still stay. Mm-hmm. You know, but that really caused some damage to my children. You know, because mm-hmm. my son hated his sister because he said, you left me. You okay. left me with my mom in that situation. Okay. And she was like, but I was a kid. Right. You know, so it, it we as we, we as women, and in speaking of that, we have to be real careful what we do and what situations we put our children in. Yes. Because that affects them as an adult. Mm-hmm. And it really does. Because my son... Has to has went through counseling as an adult to work through some of the circumstances and places that I put him in that he had no control over mm-hmm. as a child because I as his mother put him in those situations. So how did you exit from that marriage and how did you leave him? Because you know they don't let you leave. I walked. So, I was going to work one uh-huh. day. And that day, and he pulled pulled me up, and he pulled up to the side of the road, and he was beating me. And I prayed and said, Lord, please, I can't do this no more. I have to get out today. And I could just feel, even though this man was beating me on the side of the road, I could feel the peace of God and said, okay, we we done. Mm -hmm. I got to work, called my mother and said, Mom, get my kids. I don't care what you do. Get my kids from Mm -hmm. him. And when you get my kids, let me know. She called me at work, said she got my kids. I called my sister to come and pick me up from work. And I left that night. So was it difficult for a while that you did leave? Was he trying to come back or find you and the kids or anything? He did. He tried. I went to a battered women's shelter. Um, He found found me at my mother's before I went to the battered women's shelter. He wouldn't come to my mother's house, but he would just ride up and down the street. As you see him riding up and down the street, how did you feel? What did they say as far as why you were in the shelter? They pretty much, um, you know, taught me how to get my own self-esteem back and all of that. Um, It was was difficult, you know, in the shelter because you were amongst women who had the same story as you and listening to them. And some of them went back. Some of them, we even had an issue where the one lady told her husband where we were. Mm-hmm. And he came, and he actually came to the house. Wow. Yeah. And we were all saying, like, okay, if he come in this door, we're going to kill him. Pretty mm-hmm. much. That's what mm-hmm. we said, you know. Um, but, you know, the police came, and, you know, they took him away. But... You know, as as far as watching him ride up and down the street, I I was scared, but I knew I had to go. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was it. If I didn't go, I'd have been dead. And that's just, I mean, I just really felt that in my heart that I was gonna that he would eventually kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do it for my children, if nobody else. Right. You know, because like I said, the situations that I put them in. Really messed my my son and my daughter up for into their adult life. And you know, I see that a lot with me having my Fidel girls. A lot of them feel like their mothers choose men over them, or 
a lot of kids deal with a lot of adult situations and it's not meant for the child to witness at all. And I don't think a lot of people realize that when you get, when they do get older, it affects them. And then it, someone else will look at you like, what's wrong with you? What's your problem? And then my, the saying that I do not like is you a child, you need to stay in a child's place. You didn't, but they don't know this child is dealing with a lot of adult issues and they know things already. Right. Cause it's a lot of, a lot of, um, young girls who are, let me just say seven year olds who are helping their mothers raise their siblings. Yes. Okay. Because their parents are not able or don't want to, mm-hmm. however you want to term it. You know, when you got a seven-year-old getting up, fixing breakfast for three younger siblings, mm-hmm. that ain't cool. And your mom and your dad laying upstairs in the bed. Mm-hmm. That ain't cool. You know. Obligated to babysit. Mm-hmm. And it's another huge thing that's going on. Um, I have... Girls that's 14 can't wait till they 16 to get a job or 15 and a half because they want to help their mom with the bills. Right. They want to help their mom with groceries and everything. And I just, and there's so many young kids that just think like adults and feel like they should start having a full-blown household, paying rent, getting a car. They just want so many things right then and there. It's because their childhood is getting taken from them from too many adult responsibilities. Right. And it's like when and when they and then when they become adults because they had to grow up so fast, then I've seen some where they revert back to being a kid in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They 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 don't know how to really I shouldn't say revert back, but they grew up so fast that they don't know they don't know true love and you know and how to really accept certain things because they had to grow up they didn't have anybody they didn't have a father figure to teach them how to be loved properly right okay their mother didn't show them how to be a lady right you know their mother showed them how to smoke drink lay up that's what they saw mhm you know their dads weren't around you know so they so they portray that as they grow up in their relationships with friends, mm-hmm. with their men. You know, they treat their men folks just like they saw their dad. You know, their mom treat their dad or their boyfriends because they didn't know no better. Right. You know, they didn't know no better because we didn't teach them any better. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, I say we as parents, especially women, need to be real careful mm-hmm. where we put our children, boys and girls, what yes. we what we subject them to because it damages them and you know and they have no control over what we put them in when they're growing up right you know and some of them are really ready to like you say 16 years old so i'm ready to leave home i'll be so glad when i can go Mm -hmm. so i can get out of this environment right you know i don't want to be around my mom i don't want to be around my dad i don't want to be around my siblings i'm tired Mm -hmm. you know so we just have to you know, and we don't provide a safe environment for our children like we used to. Yeah. You know, we and they're not cautious of the men that they date. Because, you know, when um sometimes as women, when we have missed love so much during our childhood, we try to find love 
through men. Mm-hmm. So if we're finding love through men, we're accepting anybody that's saying good things that we want to hear. Right. And then next thing you know, they inviting them into their home right. when it's dangerous because you don't really know this man until, you know, sometimes we don't know people. Right. We've been around them for years until they actually expose their true self. Right. So you got to be careful by bringing certain men around your kids, young boy and girl, because they could be, they could get molested by that man or his friends that he invited over or different things. It's just, you got to be precautious and careful. And you really do. And like you said, with boys and girls anymore, because people who molest children really don't have a preference. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They could boy or girl. You could have a boy and your boyfriend going and he he bothering your son. It's not just your daughter. It's your son. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at how many. I don't know anybody personally mm-hmm. as a young man, but I hear stories of young men being abused by men, by their mother's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, and these and you like you said you bring these men in and you you leave to go to work and you come back and your baby's abused your baby's dead because the boyfriend or he she cried mm-hmm. and you done shook him and threw him down the steps or something or you you molested him and your baby's insides all messed up right you know i mean you you like you said you just can't bring anybody into your home ain't nobody i didn't never bring nobody over my children that i didn't know at least a year right. i mean seriously at least a year um so and, after after you got yourself together and you done left him for a long time, that's when you met your husband. But your kids were older then, uh-huh, so right. they were a lot older. Did you find yourself taking a while to introduce them to him? Oh, yeah. So Even though they were you, grown, man. Right. My daughter was like, no. See, and the thing is, my husband was 16 years younger than me. So the crazy part is, my husband went to school with my daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So when she met him, she was like, Ma. <laughs> Stella got her groove. Stella got, right. <laughs> but, you know, but my husband took very good. My husband was an old soul. Right. He was raised by his great-grandparents. Okay. So he, so he was raised old. Okay. He was raised old school. You know, so he took very, very good care of me. If I didn't tell you how old my husband was, you wouldn't have never known it. Because wow. he didn't act it. He didn't carry himself in that way. He didn't do any of that, you know. And eventually, my daughter came around, and they were the best of friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my son was like, as long as you make my mama happy, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? He older now. Yeah, like, right, right, right. right. Like, like, look, you just take care of my mama. I'm cold, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, so he did. And he really, t- and he helped raise my, my grandsons. You know, he really did help them. Um, you know, become the young men that they are, mm-hmm. and I b- do believe that. Then, when he died, that's when my old, you know, that's when things kind of took a turn for my grandsons. You know that that role model. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a good role model and it's suddenly taken from you, yeah. then you then you don't know what to do. Right. You know. So, um, but yes, my husband was, he was a very good man to the people and to my family. So that's good. Yeah, and I'm glad I met him when I did. Yeah. yeah. Right on time. It couldn't have been a better time. <laughs> <laughs> right on time. Right, right, right. Yes. And I just making a good feeling. Right. 
So, um, so now today, with you just battling cancer and you just taking it day by day, how do you keep yourself going? How do you stay positive? Well, I refuse to give up on life. Um, I go, I still work. Mm -hmm. I go to work every day. That's good. Um, People say, you still work? Yeah, I still work. You know, sometimes people think the time's supposed to stop. Yeah. And uh, with, with my mom, my mom is 61, and a lot of people don't think she's that old. But I've noticed my mom stay active all the time because she, um, she has, um, she has, ooh, she has heart problems. Mm-hmm. So sometimes her heart only beat a certain percentage. Usually not even over 50% wow. sometimes. So her having, she has three stents in her heart too. So she has a weak heart. So when people see her just moving around and doing stuff, you know, people understand as long as you keep going, you still breathing, yep. you got to keep it moving. You do. You do. Because I'm still, cause like I'm a, um, I'm still involved with cheerleading. I'm a cheer director oh. for, um, one of the Akron parent peewee teams in the league. And I go to the field every day, uh-huh. you know, don't feel like it, but I go, yeah. I still go to church, you know, when I feel like it. Um, but I, I keep busy and I remember something my mom used to say, cause when my mom first got sick, we used to always try to make my mom sit down and my mom say, if I stop moving, I'm afraid I'll die. Mm-hmm. And now I understand it Yes. because if you stop moving, that means you've given up mm-hmm. and you just eventually your mindset affects your body. Yes. If you think you're going to, if you think like you're sick, even though I'm sick, but I don't think sick. Yes. Okay? Cause your body will start reacting to right. your thoughts. Right. So I don't think like, Oh my God, I'm sick. Now when I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm yeah. going to go to bed, but I don't think, Oh my God, I'm just so tired. Oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm sick. Oh, I'm going to die. Cause mm-hmm. if you keep saying that, then your body, like, oh, your body happen. starts reacting like, Oh, and then you start you start looking like you're dying, and you start looking like you're dead. And I refuse to have that thought process. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I'm always waking up positive. Okay, Lord, I woke up today. Okay, and some days be like, Lord, if you don't help me move, I ain't gonna move because mm-hmm. I can't do it today by myself. <laughs> right. You know? um, but I do believe in the positive, the the thought of positive, the you know positive thinking that you have to think positive and you have to keep moving, regardless of what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. You have to keep moving. You you cannot, you cannot stop. And I refuse to let anything and anybody take my joy and take my peace mm-hmm. at this day in my life because I worked too hard to get it. Yes, I didn't get here overnight, and I'll be doggone if I'm gonna let somebody take it from me. I know that's right. <laughs> let them know. I can't let them take it from me. I'm gonna let nobody take it from me. What's something real like inspiring? and encouraging to say to younger and older women today? All I can say at this day and age is love each other, respect each other, encourage each other, and know that if we come together as one body, we can be an awesome, awesome, awesome generation of women. Yes. So we have to start with caring about each other first. First caring about ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Then we can start caring about each other. 
Yes. But we have to learn how to care about ourselves before we can care about somebody else. Yes. Definitely. And that's my encouraging words for today. <laughs> All right. Ladies, I really, really hope this was very inspiring to you because this has inspired me also. And thank you so much for well, thank coming you for out. having me. Yes, I enjoyed you. I've seen you in so long. <laughs> That's been a minute. It's good to see you. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And also go on to our website, www.lifeherpodcast.com to listen to other podcast episodes and purchase our Life Her merchandise. I'm Yvette Lloyd and I am Life Her. I love you ladies and have a blessed day. Goodbye.